Do I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, yo. Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. Haas. I can't help that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can't dance all night long. Question, Macho Man. You're listening to the fourth wall wrestlecast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. And what up, fam? Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Welcome to the fourth wall wrestlecast. Be sure to check us out every Saturday exclusively on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. I am your host with the most, the baby face of podcasting, J.C. Bones. And I am accompanied, as always, by my good brother, the good doctor, the self-proclaimed legend, did Doc not proclaim that. It did not proclaim that. It was, there was not a title anointed on me. Well, after- was, Wait, there was a title anointed on me. It wasn't self-proclaimed. Yeah, well, as of as, after last week's show, you have been anointed a legend now. Doc is the fucking legend of the airwaves. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was double left, double C, right? Who said that? That was DFDC, the one and yep. only. <laughs> uh, I appreciate the uh, the uh, the compliment. <laughs> that, that's gonna go straight. It's good to, your to head, know bro. somebody else knows I'm right. Oh, man. It's going to go straight to your head. Anyway, fam, if this is your first time tuning in, once again, welcome to episode 28. If you enjoy the fourth wall experience, there's a few ways you can show your support. First, follow us on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Fourth Wallcast. Also, go to represent.com slash WrestleAddictRadio and pick up your fresh Fourth Wall merch. Show your support by rocking the brand everywhere you go. If you enjoy the brand, be the brand. Go to represent.com slash WrestleAddictRadio and pick up your Fourth Wall merch today. Last but not least officially join the fam by going to patreon.com slash fourth wall wrestlecast where for as low as one dollar a month you could enter the exclusive fourth wall patreon chat and get to talk to myself doc and even smarky every single day so please once again that's patreon.com slash fourth wall wrestlecast to show your support so doc 
we're going to talk about a couple things. First, let's talk about the redemption story of one John Moxley. <laughs> fucking what a fucking interview, huh? That that was an awesome interview. Everything from start to finish was great. Uh, Moxley was just well spoken. He didn't come from a place of anger. He came from a place of of frustration, deceit, right. and he was He's upset. Upset. Yeah, sad almost. Yeah, and I think that's what really made this interview so much better than what we're used to seeing. We're hearing with some angry wrestlers who, you know, uh, won CM Punk. You know, let, let's think back to CM Punk's uh, podcast interview with Cole Cabana. That came from a totally different place. So the whole right, the whole feel of that interview was just was very very different. And right. at the end of the day, that came from a person who does not like wrestling anymore. And what did Moxley say? Right. He still loves doing this. He still loves wrestling. So that's why it was a very, very different point of view. And I really appreciated that about this interview. Right. He sounded more the more disappointed than anything else. And like he pretty much confirmed what we've all been really speculating for so long yep. behind behind the closed door of WWE. That you know, Vince McMahon is really out of touch. He's really out of touch of what the fan base is interested in. And this is, and now it's like, it's almost like it's a kind of a cancer backstage. I get the vibe that he's a cancer backstage. Apparently Triple H is, is at his wits end. The kid, both his kids are trying to get through to him. And he just thinks like this whole, like pooper scooper type of humor (laughs) is, is, is relevant. And was it ever relevant? No. Like, why does he think people are going to enjoy that? What? What? What is it's the not clue that, it wasn't that triggers his head? That triggers him to think that people are going to enjoy some of the shit that he wanted Ambrose to say, and people are right. going to think that it was, you know, it's entertaining. Yeah, but this is what worked back in the '80s and maybe the early '90s. He's trying to revert back to that, but. Pooper Scooper would have never worked. It wouldn't have worked during Hulkamania. If Hulk Hogan would have went out there it's and not said, that. I'm going to put I'm gonna put Andre the Giant, eat, uh, put him in the big Pooper Scooper, brother. No, the whole I'm place not saying, would not start laughing. I'm not saying specifically like the the, tight, the the style of humor that he's using now wouldn't work back then, but the humor, the, the, the form of humor that he's adding into the storylines worked more back then. Even the Attitude Era, we saw our you know, our little spurts of humor in the storylines, but he is just going overboard now. It's almost like he's still trying to have an edge and still push boundaries, but he's getting to a point where it's like borderline uncomfortable. Like let's uh, like Dean Ambrose. um, Sorry. Moxley was saying in his interview about the whole uh, promo that he cut about Roman with the leukemia and shit. And I I would love to know actually now what that line was that he wouldn't say on on Jericho's show. But like shit like that, it's like Vince is trying to, th- he'll think back to then, okay, cool, well, I was humorous, I was edgy, I pushed the bar a little bit, cool, I'm going to do that again now. But he's just so out of touch that nothing, it's just diarrhea of the mouth at this point. What Vince isn't realizing is that what he's asking his his wrestlers to do, you can just tell it's 
not real at all. You can tell it's so heavily scripted and they're not getting a chance to be themselves. This is confirms what I was saying last week, that creative it, it's creative is the issue and not so much the creative team. Vince McMahon is the issue and he's not letting guys be themselves and develop their own personalities at all. He just wants to like, he, as far as Vince is concerned, Dean Ambrose is the crazy guy. He's the kind of kooky guy and he can never be anything else instead of letting his character develop like a good wrestling character, a good wrestler does with his character. Right. And you know what? And I want to go back to what I had said last week because I know we disagreed on this point. And I said, no, it's the wrestlers. They're not pushing the bar. They're not pushing the bar because they're not giving any kind of leeway to push the bar. So I do have to agree with you now, Doc, what you were saying. And it's coming from creative, but the thing, it's not even creative. It's coming from Vince. Because, I mean, yeah. you heard Moxie, whatever creative does, they could have great ideas. It's all going to be noted as per VKM. So no matter what, right. and Mox- Vince is rewriting all of it. And Moxley even said, you know, the r- creative team, the writers that he was working with, he didn't drop any names, but the writers he was working with, so I don't think he dropped any names off the top of my head. You know, they're frustrated too because they know it's garbage. They're, they're, they're trying their best and they're being rejected by their boss and their boss is just giving them absolute dirt shit garbage. garbage. Hot fucking yeah. garbage. And the garbage for them continued this week mm-hmm. with this whole like Brock Lesnar money in the bank cash. What in, a fucking waste like, on Raw this week. What a fucking circus. What, what, what were they thinking? Waste. Like, oh, they, they, and the Brock thing was almost kind of cool. Yes. Like the Brock thing was almost kind of interesting on Raw this week. I was like, this isn't the worst. Like there's potential here. Brock is actually starting to be a character again. Yes, and it looked like Brock was actually having fun. I enjoyed yeah, that segment like the, as much as he was we doing shit like the Gronk on Brock Lesnar. Dude, what the fuck was that dance he was doing? He was doing the Gronk thing, dude. He was legit. I, I feel like someone just told him go act like Rob Gronkowski. Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a Brock Gronk tag team match. Gronk's retired now. That's right, and there and he yeah. and Triple H did say the doors are always open. Oh my God, he he's hilarious, Gronk. <laughs> oh man, but seriously, dude. Anyway, like, when get was back the last Brock, time? Though. Yeah, when was the last time you've seen Brock Lesnar have that much fun on TV? Yeah, it seems like he was you actually know? enjoying himself a little bit. Yeah, and like and I that, thought the whole Brock party thing and changing the briefcase to a fucking boombox that was creative. I appreciated funny, yeah. that creative. I got a kick out of that. (laughs) But the whole end result, like I actually loved how uh, how their final segment ended where Lesnar covered Heyman's mic and he's like, wait, I have a whole year. Fuck that. I got a whole year. I'm going to play around with this. I was like, this could be interesting now. Right. Now now for WWE.com to show that Stephanie is going to condemn what the, first of all, what the fuck does that what even did they condemn? Do? What did they even do? What did Brock and Heyman do? All that they didn't do. They did they not said, set any precedent. They said they were going to announce who they were going to cash in on and never did. Like, is that seriously? Why is that such a big deal? Because yeah. that's never happened. Is that that's means for punishment now? Like to because condemn the means never to express lie. complete disapproval, typically in public. That's condemn. So Stephanie doesn't approve. It's complete disapproval of what Heyman and Lesnar did. That's the Google dictionary, by the way. Now, Shout I have a question. Google. I have a question. <laughs> right. Do you think this is Stephanie speaking Vince's plans? 
I mean, from from what, what Moxley will make you believe, this is just Stephanie being Vince's mouthpiece here. Now, I'm probably going out on a limb on this, but I'm thinking, just hear me out. Crazy, crazy mm-hmm. scenario. Brock didn't get to watch Double or Nothing live and didn't watch it till after SmackDown this week and told Vince, he's like, yo, that looks like a lot of fun. Fuck this. I'm out. So as I've been saying for weeks, they're reactionary and they just book some stupid angle with Stephanie. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Right. I mean, I'm just saying I'm going out on a limb there. I don't think that's where Brock's head is at because I don't think Brock. Here, that's right, some here, conspiracy hold on, hold on. shit, dude. <laughs> hold on. Here's my thing. I think Brock loves being a professional wrestler because we have seen him at his best in some of his matches over the past few years. His match with Roman a couple years ago, uh, WrestleMania 34, I think it was. Yes, right, maybe that what was a Roman match. blood. Hit, yes, uh, Hit. I don't know. I didn't. I, I don't know. I uh, you're being people generous. People have there. their mixed reactions, but I thought that was a really good match. Uh, when he fought Seth Rollins, when he fought Daniel Bryan, when he fought AJ Styles, I thought the Finn, Finn match Ballard. was good. Yeah, so yeah. we can see him do what he enjoys doing when he's at his the, best, when he's with the, the right people. The, he has an opportunity to there, be with the right people. Right. Right. Yeah, he does. He does. He does. You're right. I get what you're coming at. The point is, it's not even so much that he has, I, you know, when you put Brock with the right people, it's going to be good. It's just the fact that WWE ruins something interesting with shitty, cre- shitty reactionary creative again. Yeah. I just can't understand why they would waste a money in the bank cash in on the fucking dot com. Like I really Are you thought fucking serious. I thought they were actually trying to build something. They cause they had to have seen double or nothing. They had to be shitting in their pants all weekend. Leading at least leading up to double or nothing, wondering what was gonna happen. And I bet you when they saw this show they're like, fuck, we're gonna have some legit competition out there. Cause you know what? It's almost like they <laughs> it's almost like they saw like all the surprises at double or nothing. You know, Bret Hart showing up. Don't even fucking tell me you saw Bret they saw Bret Hart showing up. If you're you tell me that you saw Bret Hart showing up at double or nothing, I'm gonna tell you to suck my ass. No, there's did, no fucking you know possible way. I, I have my thoughts about the Bret thing, but we'll get to that later when we talk about the show right. itself. You know, the Moxley return, you know, like or, or the Moxley debut. I guess it's not a return, technically. You know, like that stuff was like legit surprising. It was legit pop worthy because nobody saw it coming. It was better written. And then it was WWE's response like, hey, let's do something surprising. Let's announce the cash in on dot com. <laughs> you know, l- l- let's talk about the, the Moxley debut. Very shield like because it came out of the crowd. I think now anytime someone comes out of the crowd, we're always going to uh, associate it with the Shield. Of course, and yeah, especially when it's one of the three guys. Yeah. It, it also felt like Scott, a Scott Hall debut. but Right, yeah. Yeah, like the outsider style. But because of who the person is, we're talking about John Mo- we're talking about We're talking about Dean Ambrose. We all know him as Dean Ambrose, mainly from WWE. He's coming over as a Grand Slam champion, a former WWE champion, a Money in the Bank winner. The only things he never did was main event at WrestleMania and win a Royal Rumble. He did right. everything else. No, he, now, he's an established WWE superstar wrestler. 
on that note, do you think I I'm this is what I'm thinking. Moxley is more AEW than Cody is. Just look at where they're coming from and what they're trying to do. Moxley has a lot I more think, to go off of because Cody was never at that point. So Ambrose I, was a much bigger star mm-hmm. than Cody. I think he fits a role that that AEW needs. Mm-hmm. Like Cody is the Cody. He has his role and he has his vibe and Hangman's got his vibe and the Bucks got their vibe. And they were kind of like they were still kind of missing that. I hate to say Mick Foley like main eventer because I hate doing that comparison to Moxley, but like that kind of like, let me rephrase that a more Brian Pillman type loose cannon main event type. Yeah. Like there, I feel like they're still missing. Well, they were missing that character until Moxley showed up. So it's huge for the top of AEW's guard. There's no doubt about that. And the most important thing about it was it was kept a surprise. Even JR didn't know. Mm-hmm. That was a legit so, reaction from JR. And you know what? Kudos reaction. to JR because JR Look. fucking put that whole segment over. Yeah, you know why? Because they didn't tell him. Mm-hmm. Like, kudos to AEW's creative team for keeping their commentators in the dark so they can have a genuine reaction. Right. When's the last time Michael Cole got to have a genuine reaction? Right. <sighs> Jesus. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think Michael Cole does pretty well for what what he has to do. You know, like working for Vince on commentary seems like hell. And I think he does a pretty damn good job doing the best he can. But like you, when you don't tell the commentators what's coming, it feels more like sport and sport elicits more emotion than entertainment. That's why it's called sports entertainment. You have a blend of both AEW successfully blended sports entertainment better than WWE has been doing. And they would never consider their promotion or their show sports entertainment. No, because they're wrestling. They're wrestling. Isn't that crazy? What a fucking crazy concept. It's unbelievable. I mean, look at the look at look at the let's look at the Cody Dustin match, which is unquestionably the match of the year in all pro wrestling so far. Five star match as per Meltzer. Oh He's easily a five star. I mean, the drama. I mean, I was. I remember a few weeks ago, and I was talking about. I can't remember the last time my bones were chilled watching wrestling, mm-hmm. and that's why I've. You know, I'll spend time watching the NBA playoffs and other sports and the Premier League with my boys Tottenham going for the Champions League final t- yep. championship tomorrow. The European Cup. Woo! Talk about emotion. Anyway, to get back to wrestling, <laughs> I want to get carried away. <laughs> But I actually, my bones were chilled by the end of that Cody Dustin affair. Yo, talk about the a psychology mask, man. Dude, psychology in that match, the storytelling, it felt real. But we, we could talk about that match all day. Yeah, we have to go to what happened before the match because we've heard a lot about how AEW they're not. They're not going after WWE. They're not trying to put WWE out of business. They're not trying to be direct competition or whatever words they use. But Cody Rhodes comes out that the Triple H of your company, the face of your company in that sense, his wife, you know, his Stephanie McMahon equivalent, Mm -hmm. hands him the sledgehammer and he destroys Triple H's throne, which is quite obviously Triple H's throne. You can't tell me it's not about WWE after that. But and also, 
But wait, also on that same note, now let's look at the match. We have Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Goldust and Stardust, facing each other with Earl Hebner as the referee, and you have Jim (laughs) Ross calling the match. And then later on in the night, you have Chris Jericho winning the main event. Chris Jericho. Then who do we have in the Battle Royal? We have Billy Gunn. I mean, I would would say Tommy Dreamer, considering Dreamer was in WWE as well. And really want to get Ty Dillinger. Jericho. Yeah. Who attacked Jericho? And who attacked Jericho? John Moxley. WWE. Who introduces the AEW championship? Fucking Brett the Hitman Hart. Dude, I don't understand why they chose Brett. Okay, stop. Big name, former WWE champion. But he's introducing the AEW championship. What were the last three great Bret Hart AEW championship title runs? The last three Bret Hart AEW championship runs? Yeah. Like, what were the last three memorable ones? There are no AEW championship runs. So I didn't understand why they had a superstar, a former champion of of the competition of the opposing company's promotion introduce your title at that. If you're going to introduce because the title, Bret Hart transcends, man, it should. No, you know transcends what? Transcends wrestling. Do you know why Bret Hart was there? Because Ric Flair couldn't make it because he's sick. And unfortunately, Dusty couldn't be there to do it. They wanted I a, don't hall, think- a hall of fame name, but I feel like Bret Hart made, yeah. while it was a cool surprise, I feel like they could have done something differently with that. I feel like Cody I'm or Brandy or the Bucks could have introduced the title. Why would you think they're in a match? No, no, no. This is where I disagree. That's brilliant use of old wrestlers. Just get them in there, get their face in there, get the pop. They don't need to be in storylines. And even and, and you know, they you know, MJF took a couple shots at Brett and whatever. Listen, and I agree. And I have no problem with that. And I disagree. I don't think Flair would have done it. I think Flair and Triple H are too tight at this point. I think it would have. I think it would have made sense for Flair because of the history Flair and the Rhodes family have. It's not that I understand what you're saying, but I think at this point, you know, Rick's allegiance was to Dusty. And I think he has more of an allegiance to Triple H than he does to Cody and Dustin. Well, regardless, how many times has WWE bailed his broke ass out? Right. But listen, regardless, I still think (laughs) I don't think Bret Hart was the right choice. While, yes, it was a cool moment, it wasn't the right choice. And I think that Brett was also there just shocking. to give the big, the big middle finger to Vince. It was shocking, dude. Why would he give a middle finger to Vince? Vince just inducted him into his Hall of Fame again. Would, it was, I don't think it's anything to do with that. I think the AEW is like, hey, man, we, we want a huge name. They introduced their title, and we're going to give you some money. And Brett's like, fuck yeah, I don't have a Legends well, yeah. contract. I'm no, in. No, I'm not saying I, it's, Brett. It's I'm you. saying it's the big shocking. fuck you from it's Cody. shock value, dude. It's a, it's a big fuck you from Cody to Vince. Not, not, I'm sorry. Not oh, from oh, yeah, oh, from oh. Cody. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, this is definitely, listen, Cody took shots at Vince and Triple H all in this feud with, with, with uh, Dustin. And you know what? If Triple H is smart, dude, fucking run with it, man. Yeah. That, I think it. that's when WWE dude, is at its dude. best. You you were the dude that showed up at Nitro in fucking Norfolk with a fucking tank. Don't be a bitch. Mm-hmm. Fucking run with it. Show up. Run with it, Trip. Yep. Show the fuck up. I Come think, at him. 
I think once you're once fucking Vince, what, 94 million time world champion. <laughs> come at Cody Rhodes. Don't let him bitch you around like that. I think as soon as Vince decides to take a step back and Triple H gets in front, Triple H and Cody are going to are going to see the potential they have in this war and they're going to fucking build off of it. I think this is going to yeah. be huge for the fucking wrestling. This is where wrestling's going. Mm-hmm. Why can't we have an inter fucking inter fucking um, promotion feud or, or multi promotion feud? Why can't we do that? And you know what else? That's something I w- different. I would not be surprised if we see companies like Ring of Honor and Impact go out of business because all of those stars are either in WWE or AEW. Yeah, I mean, if AEW gets big enough, it's going to spell the end of of and ROH and Impact indie- because. Just, That's where the just think about when know. W. Just think about when WCW went nationwide and WWF went nationwide. I mean, they put every other promotion out of business because only two promotions were paying big money. Right. And now we're at that point again. Yeah. And only two promotions were offering major TV deals, and we're at that point again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I trip. Step the fuck up, man. Yeah. Step it, the fuck up. It's gonna happen. This is only the beginning. But let's go back to to the Moxley interview. Um, As we both agreed, he already confirmed what we already knew, what the problem was in the back. Um, How do you think Vince and or WWE is going to respond to this? Do you think Renee is going to suffer from this at all? Or is she going to kind of run the same course as AJ Lee and finish off her contract and just kind of uh, right off into the sunset? And then AEW it, scoops it, her up and hires her. It's a douchey move if they hold this against Renee. If that's they an absolute have to watch out for lawsuits because they cannot retaliate on her because of something her husband did or said. Yeah, and they're they're and they are not an on-screen. They've only very minimally shown like affection on-screen towards each other. And there's only been mentioned that they're married a handful of times awkwardly by Corey Graves. Unless you watch Total Divas. Because there was that one episode. No, that, Renee that, I, don't, I, don't think that, I don't think that counts in, in script, though. Like, I don't think me, that's bro. a part. Yo, to, Total Divas counts. You really watch Total me. Divas? I watch Total Bellas. You, you got to get the behind-the-scenes stories, man. Are you fucking kidding me? No, dude. I record that shit. I watch it. I, I watch Divas. I watch Bellas. I, I don't watch Ms. and Mrs., though. You do watch some UFC. Dude. <laughs> 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 you to get you watching some fighting again, dude. What the fuck? Uh, Are you so upset with the product of Raw and SmackDown that you have relegated yourself to watching Total Divas? You, you know something? Balance? When when I'm not able to watch Raw or SmackDown on Monday and Tuesday night, like I don't, I never get a chance to watch it live. But I'll get home from work. Tired as all hell after 10 p.m. I'll fucking get changed and I will put on Raw because I always record that shit and I'll start Raw and right. I'll stay up for like at least two and a half hours so I can fast forward the commercials and watch it. But lately, dude, <coughs> the show is just not getting my interest to keep me awake and I'm not able to even oh. fucking finish Raw anymore on Mondays. I didn't watch SmackDown this week. All I cared about was reading up on Double or Nothing and reading the reviews here, listening to the interviews here. Yeah, like um, the, 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 the Moxley the Moxley interview on Talk is Jericho 
was way more intriguing and compelling than anything, than anything WWE put on TV this week. Exactly. I'll tell you what. I started when I, start, I started Raw this week, and I went to the opening segment. And I was like, eh, this isn't the worst, you know. Um, I've seen the highlight of how it's ended, you know, how the whole Brock thing ended. But honestly, after the Shane Roman and that cousin of Roman segment, mm-hmm. uh, it was there's. Did you see that first yes, off? I did see that. Now terrible. I read up that that segment was done for a reason because the cousin, uh, Lance, that's Samu's son, and Samu is in the hospital right now, so they've actually started to go fund me to kind of raise money to help Samu. So, uh, and his Samu's son, Lance, is doing some of like the local shows, like indie shows, and they put him on there to kind of help him promote his indie shows. How the fuck did that? Ha- they didn't even mention his indie shows nope. on the broadcast. They didn't was, mention anything just to about get him on WWE TV. They didn't I guess mention he's anything like, about. They said nothing. How about talk about Samu being sick? At least let him mention to GoFundMe. Yeah, in a back in a fucking interview Shane, where he can like Shane. you know say something, work it into the script right. where the audience says, "Oh hey, he's serious. Maybe we should check this out." Mm-hmm. But it's also a part of the story. Be fucking creative. And then the segment it went so fucking long. Yeah. Like, wh- why would Roman Reigns not come out immediately after Drew McIntyre put his hands on on Lance? Why would Roman Reigns, Reigns or, or the Usos or anybody wait? Mm-hmm. What, what, what are they waiting for to see yeah. if, like, he can beat two men up? Come on. There's, there's no realism there. It's terrible timing, terrible pacing. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time Roman got out, nobody cared anymore. So it wasn't even worth, like any sort of pop he could have gotten like just uh, absolute shit, absolute shit. So who we go back? We talk about AEW again. Yeah. Oh, well, I was going to say, <laughs> who do you think in WWE right now will follow Moxley's footsteps? Oh, Sasha. Dude took the fucking words right out of my mouth. Oh, dude, Sasha is just salivating at the chance to own that women's division, dude. Well, here's the thing, man. Sasha ain't going anywhere for a while because she's going to be stuck just like uh, Pac was, Neville was, just like Rey Mysterio was years ago before he was released. Like, they're going to ride now, out their contract and, like, for at least the next year or so before before Sasha could do anything. Then you know what? Go, go on vacation. Go relax. That's what she's doing, man. Yeah. She's posting pictures of her yeah. on vacation. Go on vacation. Relax. Like, fucking... Enjoy yourselves. That's like what fucking like, you know, what a taker used to do in between. I think it, it, at least I don't know if it was in between his contracts, but he would always take a long time. But even if he was like, even if he was injured, like he'd recoup and just like, you know, I'm going to take some more time off and rest. I mean, his, he was always gone for long fucking times. He had uh, multiple long spells away. Fucking Sasha, go enjoy yourself. You've been busting your ass for how long now? Yeah. Enjoy yourself, relax, and then make a big splash. At something when your contract's up. How when's your contract up? Do you know? I that I do not know. I don't either. I, I I don't I don't know a lot about their contracts unless they're like close to being up and it's like an actually in the news. But now let uh, me ask you this: Do you think she would actually make a big impact, as big of an impact as Moxley? Because now let's look at both of their stories. Let's say Sasha tomorrow leaves WWE. Right. Why did she leave compared to why did Moxley leave? Now, well, Sasha, Sasha obviously doesn't like her creative either. But she doesn't like she's right. But we don't know. We don't know any truth behind it until 
someone decides to put her on a podcast and interview her for her to let us all know exactly what the story is because her the situation we know is that she wasn't happy with the way her and Bailey were booked with the tag titles but if it was something that was so bad why is Bailey still here and why is Bailey now the SmackDown Women's Champion because obviously Bailey wasn't as upset about it she's not as frustrated as Sasha is at this point yeah, I mean, I, everybody's going to have different frustration levels. Right. I just wish I knew what it was exactly that Sasha is upset about. Like, at least now with Moxley, we all saw it. Because, again, a lot of people, and I'm not going to say that I knew, but a lot of people knew Moxley on the indies from CZW before he came to WWE. So I think Moxley fans and Dean Ambrose fans alike knew at the end of Ambrose's tenure those probe that was not his fault that was creative's fault but right. with sasha like i it's hard for me to say that i'm not going to say her booking was amazing but let's not forget when she first came to the main roster like the feud she had with charlotte how the number of title reigns whether no matter how short they were she still had title reigns she's still the inaugural women's tag team uh, t- uh, one of the tag team champions. She right. she was in a lot of first ever matches as well. Right. Uh, she no, helped break listen. barriers for the women. We don't know the true story on how the tag team division, the women's tag division, was supposed to be booked uh, post WrestleMania. Listen, so we got her on talk as Jericho. I guess there's legit, <laughs> there's legit boss Sasha, and then there's like okay Sasha. And when ba- and and like when Sasha's doing the legit boss thing, she's one of the best in the business. And I feel like, you know, if we're going by Moxley's interview, how much of her character was curtailed by Vince McMahon? VKM. Yep. You know, like it's just every every time we hear about creative problems now, that's what's going to be in the back of our head. Well, what did Vince do to make this happen? Right. What's Vince's role in this? Is Vince making her do this? You know, and then Sasha gets a lot of shit for not being active on social media. Yeah. You know, and so does Ambrose actually believe around. Look, look at the people who are wanting to leave the people who don't want to put themselves who want to keep a shroud of mystery around their character. God forbid we still fucking keep fucking mystery and we make ourselves or wrestlers make themselves feel like, you know, they're harder to access. What was so fucking cool about the undertaker? You didn't know shit about no one, him. Yeah. You know what was great about fucking warrior. He was from parts unknown. What the fuck is parts unknown? It, it's, it's all it's dude. It's the internet, man. Now that we have the internet and social media, it, it breaks that fourth wall. You know, no, no pun intended, but it breaks the fourth wall on a daily basis. So the 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 sense of mystery that wrestling used to have is gone. Right. So, but what's so bad about having a couple some some wrestlers out there who want to try to bring that back? And it's very simple to bring that back. Just don't fucking post on social media so much. Right. I mean, you know, I'm sure Sasha. I'm sure Sasha is pissed off. I'm sure Sasha's pissed off that she dropped her and Bailey dropped the tag titles to two wrestlers. And one of them posts on fucking Instagram every fucking 15 minutes selfies of herself, seemingly mm-hmm. and Peyton Royce. There's no disrespect. Which I'm, I'm okay with that. Wrestler. I don't mind looking. Yeah, at no disrespect. Great wrestler. But I mean, if I'm in Sasha's shoes and I know I'm just working hard every day and I'm doing my job and I'm dedicated to being a professional wrestler before anything else. And I'm losing to, to somebody who is, you know, even same with like Lana. It's like they're very interested in their brand and their brand is 
you know, being social media darlings. I, I mean, if you're, if you're post, if you're taking selfies and social social media means you're not wrestling and you're not in the gym and you're not doing something wrestling related, you're just putting yourself out there in a visual platform. Like if I'm Sasha, I'm pissed about that too. You know, and I, I know I'm putting fucking some of these fucking for some of these women wrestlers on, on call like that. But I mean, you know, I want to see wrestling. It's, it's, you know, they're attractive women. It's nice for the, when you're scrolling through your Instagram feed, you know, but is that, is that a champion? Is that a champion? When you see selfie, 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 does that remind you of a champion or the Sasha remind you of a champion? Someone who's legit boss, badass fucking worker. And when she wants to be like fucking just legit mean and in charge, what's a champion? Right, but let's look at how the Iconics have been booked since WrestleMania. They lost four consecutive matches the weeks following WrestleMania. They have been booked poorly. This goes back to how the show started. It's creative. Exactly what Moxley said. It's creative. They don't yeah, know Yeah, why would how you book your champions to lose, lose so much? It doesn't make sense. Is there even an answer to that question? Does Vince McMahon have any logic? Does WWE have a sense of fucking logic with their storylines? They never did. If, if they, any sense. If they do, it's an accident. They don't mean to do that shit. Yeah, it's like every time it's like Kofi. Kofi was a fucking accident. And his is, the only, his is working. They're going to fuck it up at some point. <laughs> They're gonna fuck it up. That I have faith in Kofi. I have no faith in the backing right now in the machine that is in the Vince in in the Vince the machine in the Vince WWE, which is Vince in the end Vince McMahon. Yeah. All right, Doc. Well, listen. Let's get ready to talk about the Double or Nothing event, where everything we've talked about today all accumulated from now. All right, Doc. Well, anyway. Let's take a quick commercial break. So, fam, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring podcast, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. What's up, guys? This is Mr. Monday Morning, Mance Chapel, inviting you to join me every Monday morning for the Gift of Podcast. I'll give you thoughts on today's wrestling but I'll also hop in the Wayback Machine and we'll take a look at wrestling's past. And my God, sometimes it gets ugly. Don't take my word for it. Come hear it for yourself every Monday morning on Wrestle Addict Radio. This is the Gift of Podcast. So, MVP of Double or Nothing, the Rhodes family, or Boxley, or Eggman Adam Page. Eggman Adam Page is pretty uh. epic in that battle royal. The Battle Royal was weird, but Hangman was awesome. If we're talking MVP of the night, meaning people that were actually involved in the card, so yeah. that would take Moxley out of the picture, I, I would have to family. say I would have to say the Rhodes brothers, Cody and Dustin. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, yeah, a hell of a story, man, they told. Hell of a story. Dude. All you need to do, we're the best. JR says it all the time. The best wrestling feuds are the ones with the still lit, which just have a little bit of a shred of reality. Mm-hmm. It's just that it was an exaggerate. I'm sure there's obvious. They're brothers. Of course, they're going to be a little competitive. And it was just easy. It, yeah, it was easy. That was an easy like feud to make work because of the bloodlines. But it was smart. They did it. Like, t- do you know how many shitty matches there were at WrestleMania 
that weren't Cody versus Dustin when there could have been Cody versus Dustin. Well, they I had mean, to make sure they had Ryback versus Mark Henry. Because that was like a huge one, right? Yeah. Or um, had to happen. Absolutely. Or Fandango versus Chris Jericho. Right. Hey, but that put Fandango on the map. Yeah, it sure did. But no, we got that instead of a 20-plus minute classic. Mm-hmm. Classic. I mean, to see Dustin Rhodes get to really work like that finally, it's almost like how, how much was he really being held back as Goldust all those years? Like, yeah. how much were they really holding the Rhodes brothers back? It's so crazy. And it's because Dusty had such a great relationship with the promotion, too. But even, like, WWE treated Dusty like shit when he showed up there in his first run. He put him in, in some polka, polka dots, dots bro. And he, he, still, and he still got polka over. Dots. Yeah, and he still got over. He still got over. That's why it's like it's so hard for me to be mad about that now. After all these years, it's like, no, the polka, he was the polka dots. Like, he made those polka dots look fucking cool. (laughs) Like, I wouldn't have had it any other way to have Dusty not in polka dots. That's what we're used to. It's it's the WWF Dusty that we're used to. Um, That was, that match was just out of control. I didn't want it to end. I could have watched him fucking wrestle for another 25 minutes except i think if they would have went another 25 minutes without stitching up dustin he probably would have died yeah now, I was gonna <laughs> ask you, what what did you think about the the color in that match uh, like i, I love color i, I love think, color in wrestling man mm-hmm. i i've never been against color in wrestling a grown-ass man wants to cut himself or he wants to take a bump the hard way and split his fucking head open uh, what the fuck oh what's it's such your decision man yeah i just want to be entertained but there's definitely a lot I know of it's mixed kind of reactions. barbaric sounding. It's very I know I'm kind of barbaric, but, but like fucking a fight. Like yeah. people bleed in fights. But that's why there's been a lot of mixed reactions about that. People are saying it was too much blood, it was unnecessary. I don't know, man. I think that storyline needed some color. Given, okay, hey, yeah. he bled a lot more than normal because hey, so he caught himself in the wrong spot. It's happened before. Look at the other classic, Eddie Guerrero versus JBL, Judgment Day, two thousand four. Eddie Guerrero was a fucking bleeding mess. A right. fucking bloody it, mess. It, but you know what? what? Did that Cody fucking say? made the match. What did Cody say this whole feud? He's going to kill and bury the Attitude Era. But like, yet, have Earl no, Hebner no, ref the match and JR call the match. Got Right. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Would have, <laughs> how do you know that, like, you know? Yeah, but JR switched sides, man. Earl Hebner switched and sides. So Earl Hebner switched sides a long time ago. Hey, it's just like a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. Like they're allowed to switch sides. It's just ironic. It's ironic. This right now, I know, I know what you mean, but maybe no. Like Jim Ross is maybe ready to put that all behind him too. His whole WWF like legacy, at least put it behind him for the time being. Yeah, he definitely is. He he's been very vocal about that as well. He's ready to start over. He knows he's not done. He knows he still has more in the tank, and now he has the platform to prove it. Um, I like to talk about tag team wrestling and how excellent I thought the tag team wrestling was in, in this event, especially the six man that opened the main card. Uh, so Callum censored getting the win over strong hearts. Now strong hearts are the OWE guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a Chinese wrestling promotion. I didn't even know China did wrestling until AEW introduced ODA. Those cats can go, man. Dude, I was really impressed. Really, yeah. really impressed. The The team consisted of Seema, who we met um, 
well, not physically met, but we. What's the word? Not hypothetically. So we hype. The we social media met. <laughs> so yeah, I guess uh, there's a word I was thinking. We're of. introduced anyway, to. Introduced. introduced. To. Yeah, that's that's. There better. we go. Thank you. Introduced to at the double or nothing rally. Um, and Seema's supposed to be like their version of John Cena. So I, I really okay. want to see what Seema has. Uh, now that we get to see him on uh, US TV. And also, his partners were T Hawk and L. Lindemann. Very interesting name, L. Lindemann, for a Chinese wrestler. But, dude, all three of them were impressive in their own ways. It was a great opening match. And I'm excited right. to see what other stars from OWE come over to AEW and who else we're going to be introduced to. And I thought the Vets, man, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. Um, these are guys that have been serviceable mid-card to upper mid-card guys for years and bouncing all around the indies. And, you know, I'm happy these guys are finally getting paid, man. Dude, Chris like, these guys have been, they've been Those guys have been running the indie circuit for so long, long time that are finally getting paid. And they're finally, you know, going to be able to put some money away and, and think about, you know, being able to retire like, you know, securely and have some money for their kids and their families left aside too, man. So, yeah. and they, and they, and they showed their appreciation with their performance. Those guys are in their forties now, mm-hmm. like, and they're, and they're still going like they're in their twenties. They looked so excited to be there and to be opening up this card like that. You could just feel that you could tell the audience felt it. everybody was vibing off each other. And the tone was set so early in the car in, in the card with this match. Yo, Chris Daniels and Frankie Kazarian are two very, very underrated wrestlers. Like, these two guys are fucking superstars in their own right. I don't know much about Scorpio Sky. I've only knew of him since his days in Ring of Honor and New Japan and being part of SoCal Uncensored. Actually, was he even ever in New Japan? No, they weren't in New Japan, SoCal Uncensored. No, No, sorry. No, they've been in Honor. I think they've done like I think they've done like they've they've done like one offs and stuff I believe yeah, they weren't all of them it. yeah but anyway yeah, that's, but I don't know if they've I don't know if they've ever officially been under contract to New Japan right yeah I don't think so either but yeah. that's honestly when I really first heard of Scorpio Sky what do you know about Scorpio Sky before the the, the no not before past? before SoCal Uncensored I'm more I'm more familiar with Daniels and Kazarian, Kazarian. with their work in uh, mm-hmm. Impact Impact right yeah. Yeah, but those two are two very underrated wrestlers, man. Those are two of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah, it was excellent match. And just good, fun tag team wrestling. Yep. With, you know, good story, good spots, you know, excellent workmanship. And it's something we kind of, we always talk about how much we miss some really, really good tag wrestling. We get little glimpses of it every now and again. You might get like the Usos and the bar giving us like a real solid match or something like that. But you know, as a whole, the tag team's been light because you're not, you know, you're not focusing time or energy on creating good teams. And you know, the partnership between Daniels and Kazarian and Scorpio Sky it just it seems, you know, seamless. It, it seems it, very organic. natural. It seems like it, it's, organic. It makes sense. Yes. Like, okay, I could totally see these three guys. I mean, Kazarian and Daniels have been together for years. This is nothing mm-hmm. new for them. It right. just all just seems like it works so well. Right. So. One of the many good tag team matches. Um, our best friends also defeated Angelico and Jack, or Angelico, I Angelico. believe, and Jack Evans. Angelico yep. and Jack Evans. Not, not as familiar with the uh, latter team, 
Um, I have some familiarity uh, with, with, with Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. I've seen a few of their matches. I, I, I enjoy the concept of their team. I think it's kind of funny. I think it's like, you know, almost a cooler version of the B team. Yeah. Yep. I, I like to have the double or nothing rally, how they both came in dressed as a uh, and Nash. When they first came over, it was pretty, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. That's a cool, that's a cool, funny little throwback to history that doesn't put your freaking storylines upside down and topsy turvy, mm. you know, as compared to inserting Goldberg back into the picture inserting Taker back into the picture. Right. You know, yeah, that's a nod to the past that throws your creative in a loop. This, that was a, what, what best friends did was a nod to the past that just kind of, Oh, that's cute. Yeah. And funny. And, and people liked it and we moved and we moved on from it and it wasn't harped on every week. Right. Um, Let's talk about it. There was a six-woman tag match. Hikaru Shida, Riho Abe, and Ryo Mitsunami defeated Aja Khan, Yuka Sakazaki, and Emi Sakura. I haven't seen I'm Aja impressed. Khan wrestle. Was pretty, I'm getting better at <laughs> my Japanese, man. Um, I haven't seen Aja Khan wrestle in years, man. When was the last time you saw, you saw Aja Khan oh, wrestle? Fucking, it's been forever. It has been Early forever. 2000s, late at 90s, least. man. Like, and, it's I would hey, say going good, on man. twenty years. If it hasn't been, she looked 20 better years. in terms of the of of the of the bigger women that that wrestled. Like she looked way better than Awesome Khan did. Awesome Khan, great comeback, not unexpected, great pop. Everybody was excited. She was a little slowed out. She was a little rusty. You could tell she, she's someone who hasn't wrestled much in the past what seven eight years because yeah. she showed up in WWE for like two seconds and then got pregnant and never. And I, did she lose that baby? Yeah, and she, she lose that miscarriage. baby. Yeah, yeah, she had a miscarriage, and she never, and she kind of never came back, and you never heard from her again. Well, she, to, she so you don't know played welfare queen in the Netflix Glow series. You know, I started watching Glow, and I had a hard time because I didn't like a lot of the actors in it. I really, I wasn't. But I hear, I hear the show gets a lot better yeah. as it goes on. So I have to give it a second chance. Yeah. You have to go on Netflix and look at the documentary about the original Glow, and then go watch the Netflix series. Okay, that's yeah. an interesting take. John Morrison's on that show, right? Or Johnny yep. Impact? Jo- Johnny Impact it. is in it. Yeah. Uh, Brad Maddox is in it. Oh yeah. I oh, think good old Brad. I think it was Brad Maddox. Chavo Guerrero. Uh, I knew Chavo was Tyrus. Well, now known as Tyrus, he was he used to be Brodus Clay. Right. Uh, a couple cool. other guys. Uh, Carlito. Um, in that awesome con match, uh, Britt Baker defeated Nyla Rose, Kyla Wright, and an awesome con who was a last second insert into the match from by Brandy Rhodes. I'm not sure if Brandy Rhodes is her like manager. I'm not even sure if Awesome Khan is full talent over this is a one-off. Do you know anything about that? No, but uh, Brandy definitely foreshadowed, and and also Allie because Allie uh, was on commentary, and boy, that does was Allie need to learn how to fucking how to do commentary. Do commentary. Wow, that was rough. that was rough. Yeah, but um, I forget if it was her or Britt or what they said because that Allie and, and Brandy are facing each other at All Out or no fight for the no, fallen. I, I, Fight for the fallen. Um, and it sa- it seems like Awesome Kong is going to be in Brandy's corner. So I think Awesome Kong is going to be like Brandy's kind of bodyguard. Oh, which okay. would make sense because right. Brandy is also the authority figure essentially. So right, and Cody and, and Cody and Brandy are definitely trying to play themselves up as heels too. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, like they're definitely trying it. it, it I thought the end of the code did go. I don't, I don't want to spend too much more time on Cody and Dustin. The end of that match was interesting. Like is, is, was that like a face turn for Cody or a heel turn for Dustin when they decided to tag with each other? Right. Because I mean, I, that, I that, that was Cody was definitely being the heel in that match, but you, the match was so good. You couldn't help, but like cheer at the end of it and be happy. Yeah, well, that happens sometimes. Yeah, they, they that, that, that's what moment. happens when you have a five-star match. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and of course, the um, the big tag match tonight was the Young Bucks uh, retaining the AAA World Tag Team Titles against the Lucha Brothers. This is an interesting thing because I want to talk about. I want to get the AAA, and I want to talk about the AAA show coming up at the Garden in September. Um, which the fourth wall WrestleCast was at that press conference announcing that with AAA announcing that uh, huge show for them. Yes, will sir. the Young Bucks be there? Will AEW be there? That's what the thought is in my mind. If hmm. you know the Young Bucks are still the tag champs, and I know September's a it's a ways away still. They could definitely lose the titles before then. But how big would that be for AAA to build on some of this AEW momentum and have? AEW wrestlers at their first show at MSG, which by the way, you know, you got to, you're trying to fill an 18,000 seat arena here, having some big names that, you know, the American wrestling scenes more accustomed to can only help. So my question to you is, do you think we see the young bucks and the Lucha brothers have a rematch that might be the main event at that garden show? Is that something you want to see after this match? I mean, it's definitely something I want to say. I always want to see the young bucks. That's yeah. my answer. And how does it end? Is that where the Lucha brothers maybe go over and win the tag titles on triple one of triple A's biggest nights ever? I think that is textbook storytelling right there. And that's not a bad thing. I think that's perfect storytelling. Prescription filled, baby. Right? There you go. The doctor is in. <laughs> <laughs> Self-proclaimed legend, ladies and gentlemen. No, but Man, we I think still have that's, no- that, that's perfect storytelling. Is there something I want to see? Fuck yeah, I want to see that. I've yeah, never gotten right? to see the Bucks live. And to see the Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers live at, at Madison oh. Square Garden, yeah, sign me Forget up. Forget about it, dude. Sign me up. Forget about it. And that makes yeah, the most sense. Triple A now wants to make a name for themselves in the states. So yeah, that's when you have the Bucks put over the Lucha Brothers to put over the exactly. new tag team. Because now, any any independent, uh, any I shouldn't say independent, any any marks, any smart marks out there, the indie smart marks who don't who haven't really watched Triple A but are familiar with Pentagon and Phoenix, will be more inclined. I'm not going to say they're not going to be inclined to go see the show because of Pentagon of Phoenix, but they're going to be more inclined to go if they know Pentagon of Phoenix are facing the Young Bucks and not some other for, for a title. tag team that they don't know, you know? Yeah, And I think exactly. that's perfect to get, again, mainstream. You're looking to get more eyes. So I think this is perfect. And still no word on whether AEW talent will be at the Garden Show. Um, I hope to hear that sooner, sooner rather than later, whether that's a, that's going to be a thing or not. Yes, and make sure you stay tuned to Fourth Wall's social media because we want to be and will be the first. The first, man on the moon. The first to report it. <laughs> You've heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. It'll be a Fourth Wall first. That's it. 
That's is that it. the one you were looking for? That's <laughs> what we're branding. It's the it's called the fourth wall first. Ah, be the first you were. I, it was funny. I, I, fam, of course, we're we're skyping, and I'm watching Bones through my computer screen. And I don't know if you guys ever watched Bugs Bunny cartoons, but you know, like when the bad guy's thinking, and the little cloud goes over his head, and you see the gears <laughs> turning. Bones just had that moment trying to come up with the right catchphrase yep. there. Fourth wall first. <laughs> Book it. Book it, baby. Book it, Dano. <laughs> let's talk about the uh let's talk about and this is quick recap the main event and all the stuff that went happening afterwards. Uh, Jericho and Omega renewed their rivalry with Jericho getting the uh the win this time. And this sets up the main event for well, I is this is it official that's the main event for all out? Or is it just a future title shot? I'm, I'm no, that I'm not entirely sure. Out. Yeah, Jericho. Okay, so you're set up the main event all for All Out, which will be Chris. It'll be now be Chris Jericho versus Adam Page. Page it'll yeah. be for the AEW World Championship, which was introduced by Bret the Hitman Hart at Double or Nothing. Once again, I was a fan of it. Bones thought it yeah. was pretty silly. Still um, 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 because Bret Hart rules, and he's. Fucking Bret Hart. He's Anyways, there is, was, and ever will be. That's MJF. Oh no, no MJF uh, thinks that catchphrase <laughs> thinks is stupid. <laughs> he was awesome, by the way. When he came out during that segment, he was great. He showed a lot of potential to me. That was a cool. That was a good way to get heat. Yeah, he he actually stuck out to me too in the battle royal. Which I know mm-hmm. we're going to get into. Cause do you have anything else you want to say about uh, Jericho and Omega? Because that uh, match is fucking good too. It was another classic. Yeah, and not two. as good as their as their NJPW match as, yeah. as their wrestle came to match. Looking forward to eventually seeing the the next match in this one. You know, well, I'm whether it's a rubber sure, match or not. I'm pretty sure Jericho and Omega was booked to lead to Moxley's debut. Right. I think it was and Moxley that way. And like I said, his debut was perfect. And just, yeah, he's been the MVP of wrestling this week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We would not have a podcast this week that was remotely interesting without John Moxley. And what have we been bitching about? We want to be interested in things. Like I said a few weeks ago, the NBA finals are on. The Stanley Cup finals are on. Tottenham's going to win the Champions League tomorrow. Yep, There's a lot of shit going on in, in the athletic world. So we need something interesting to stand out and something that's like, worth following and John Moxley gave us that with his with his arrival on AEW and he gave us that with his interview on Talk is Jericho. So what were we talking about last week that WWE is lacking besides uh r- real creative star uh, power. Star power. We talked and a lot what, about that. What, yeah. what did I say? I said if you want to see star power, watch AEW. Watch what AEW now does. With John Moxley, I said oh, AEW I mean, is going to build. They're going to develop a new star. Watch it be John Moxley, and it's not just going to be it, an independent scene star. Because AEW is mainstream now, and they're on primetime TV, we're going to see main, a mainstream draw with with John Moxley. He's gonna. I think he. I think he could be the face of AEW right now. Yeah, I think him. Yeah, I mean Jericho is is his own brand to himself right. at this point. Kenny Omega, here's a guy that you can market to the gamer community. Yeah, you can market to the hardcore wrestling fan community. 
you know, here's him and Moxley. You can, you can, you can market to people who are into actual hardcore wrestling, people who are into those loose cannon characters. You have a, a, a character set for almost every wrestling fan's taste. But I think Cody and the Bucks and whoever else is behind the creative storylines right now, I, I'm pretty sure they they know that Omega is already assumed that it's going to be him. As soon as he we heard he was getting signed, like, oh, cool, he's the face. No, I think now that they have someone like Moxley, they could they could write the show around Moxley as the face and keep Omega for a later time. Why blow your load now when you have new quote-unquote new blood to work with develop your people. Right. show us you could develop your people and not recycle old champions like wcw did hulk hogan what? randy Savage, right. roddy piper right. rick flair you know they all did it even Haxel jim duggan held titles every one of them Eat. Haxel jim and, duggan and was it, a it would make terrible sense. analogy by the way i don't know why i brought up Haxel. <laughs> oh you leave Haxel alone you leave anyway. him alone what i think is interesting is after seeing how Double or Nothing was booked, your I what you're saying about Moxley is where they're going because of all the three people involved in the main event, Kenny Omega is kind of the one we're forgetting about right now, right? You know, because you know, and then on top of that, you know, Moxley recorded his interview with Jericho before Double or Nothing, and then Jericho, of course, gave the kayfabe disclaimer before his podcast. So obviously. There's something there that's they're, they're playing the seeds of those two going at it first. And then maybe Omega, you know, maybe Omega takes a step back, like you said, and works on the upper mid card with one of the, with someone else. You know, maybe it's, you know, Jericho, maybe Jericho beats uh page Jericho and Ambrose do their thing. And then page and Omega have a, a few, you know, there's, I mean, there's so much talent there now and there's more coming as soon as W these, some of these WWE wrestlers gather contracts, mm-hmm. they're They're going to join down there. You know, what happens if Daniel Bryan decides like, yo, I'm out, dude, you want to talk about talent? Like look at all, look at the star power they have already. Uh, they had not already, but they had in the casino battle Royale. First of all, MJF, shined in that match i loved how Mm -hmm. i loved how this whole match was booked the rules of the match were were interesting and hard to understand i feel like justin roberts did a really in-depth job of explaining it to us and it seemed like there was so many moving parts and i didn't really get it until like towards the end i'm like oh so that was all it was it's just instead of every every two minutes one person comes down it's every three minutes five people come down and then one person at the end. So it was like I, I kind of get it. I kind of got. It was very very gimmicky for the whole. It was the Joker at the end. It, the Joker. It was the Joker. It was the Joker. Yeah, it was very. It was a little too gimmicky. I am gonna say it was a little too gimmicky for my liking. Yeah, I mean the production I, was the the weakest part of Double or Nothing, and I probably gave it like a three work. and a half to four. Mm-hmm. Was yeah, I give like a three. The show itself, I gave a three and a half to four star rating, somewhere in between there. Because the camera work wasn't as solid. Um, they need to work on just production in general. Commentary was okay. Okay. I thought right. JR was good. Um, what's the other gentleman's name that's doing commentary? The one that was real excited. Can you help me out here? I couldn't. Uh, the, uh, the, um, Lucha, the Luchador was uh, Excalibur. Excalibur, yeah. I'm going to give me two seconds and I'll look it up. Name. 
but the commentary itself was 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 okay. It need they need a little work on their chemistry still, I think all of them. Would you would you agree with that? I would I would definitely agree considering the guy whose name we can't remember. Um I don't even know if he has commentary a commentary background or any kind of announcer background. I don't even know who the guy Alex, is. Alex Marvez. That Alex guy. Marvez. Who, who Does he have a Wikipedia page? Does he have a Wikipedia oh page? Uh, like, I thought he had some, like, moments. I was like, okay, he's got the exciting thing going for him, and he gets, like, the hot, the, the, the real excited call. It's just like, who's who's going to, like, it's the, the, the three-man booth there. And this is why it's hard to do, like, a three-man booth with JR mm-hmm. if he's not, like, the lead play bike. I, mean, I don't think JR should be a lead anymore. I think right. he's just a little too slow to be the lead comment, com, like, play-by-play comment. Like, he's a little too slow, I think, to be the Michael Cole now. But right. he needs to be like the respected wrestling mind in that commentary team. That being said, if Marvez is going to be the play-by-play, I think he needs a little work still. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but you know, let's yeah, go there's back. information you could tell he was still like there was some like names he didn't un- or there was some name. I think there was a point where like he got oh he didn't know, he didn't know the date to the next event off the top of his head. Mm-hmm. Like that's an issue. You can't that that stuff. You just gotta. You got to fix. You, you got to realize know. you can't keep making that mistake. Yeah. Right. So I think you know they need to catch up. I I I think they had some good production ideas. Just execution needs to be a little better. Yeah. Let's go back to the camera work. There was this one spot in the battle royal where Ace Romero, all four hundred plus pounds of him, did a fucking tope suicida uh, to the outside. I forget who it was on, and the cameraman was on whoever was taking the the dive and not on ace romero actually flying through the ropes i was like right that was just poor camera work and that was like right the cameraman almost got not got taken out too by ace romero which is a really bad spot and that right there set the precedent for the production now the whole rest of the night right absolutely i absolutely 100 percent agree with you and there was just even some camera shots like couple of pinfalls where you had the wrong camera on the pinfall and you could see people talk. You could see the wrestlers talk. I think in one of the women's matches, you could obviously see one of them talking like, Hey, I'm done. You know, or yeah. I don't know what they said, but you could see them talking to each other. Mm-hmm. So that's just stuff. You have to know to be on the, the side where, you know, the person who's pinning the loser is covering their face so they can't see anybody talking to each other. Just things like that, you know, and I think AEW will, I'm sure hopefully they had production meetings, you know, this week and addressed all that stuff. Cause that was, I think the thing that didn't, you know, that was, that was the biggest drawback of the card of the card. Um, Overall though, I give it a solid three and a half to four star rating. The event. Mm -hmm. Great, great debut. Very exciting. There's a lot of excitement after it. And that's a huge thing. There's a lot of excitement just in general of being a wrestling fan. Like I mentioned last week, regardless of WWE's product not being that great right now, there's just so much happening in wrestling all over. You know, we we didn't mention, but like in two weeks, John Moxley is facing Juice Robinson at a, what is the show, Dominion? Oh, yeah, and um, in the New Japan or show. New yeah. Japan, I think it's Dominion. Yeah, it's Dominion, yeah. So, hey, John Moxley, welcome back to wrestling. You're going to have a United States cha- an NJPW US Championship match. I wonder and if, if honestly, he should probably you would think I would think he should win that match. I was going to say, I mean, I think yeah. we're going to have a new US champion now. Yeah, I mean, that's that's he's one of the hottest names in the industry right now. It's 
you know, make the most out of it. Ride the hot hand. Yeah, capitalize to, on it. You know, not to give more gambling terms into right. AEW's vernacular. Right. <laughs> well, all in all, all in. I see what I did there. But uh, all in oh. all, double or nothing was great. I think it lived up to expectations and and actually, well, absolutely. Um, what the hell is the word? Not succeeded. Exceeded. Wow. But I definitely think they exceeded expectations at points as well. Uh, would you agree? I would agree. Um, definitely the the wrestling itself exceeded that. They, not that. Let me rephrase that. Wrestling exceeded expectations. The way they kind of told their stories exceeded my expectations. How well they've been able to build their rivalries without television. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, you know, using the moment to their advantage. Very impressed with how they did that. And we're going to continue seeing that uh, as we get ready for Fight for the Fallen and also All Out. And, and probably, Tuesday Night Dynamite. And Tuesday, I was going to say, and even after Tuesday Night Dynamite airs, we're going to still see a lot of the social media work. Like AEW is going to be, it's going to run every day of every week. It's going to be a seven day a week show that we're going to be seeing. We're, we're going to see a lot on being the elite. We're going to see a lot on all mm-hmm. of their individual social media pages. AEW is going to be 24-7. And then I think because you're going to see a lot of that stuff on their social media, maybe the TV show, TV will be spent, you know, more time will be spent wrestling. More on the wrestling, exactly. Use yeah. the other platform for the storytelling and give us the wrestling on TV, on the TV right. show. And then tell the story within the wrestling. Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of really great wrestlers. Let them do what they do best. Yeah. And show and show Vince McMahon why he's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I don't think you've ever heard me say this, but it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm enjoying it a lot. And I'm enjoying that there's competition again. Yeah. It feels refreshing. It's refreshing. I feel refreshed. I, I, it feels refreshing for the industry. Like I, I needed this as a wrestling fan because, like, yeah. you know, Mania was fun and it was nice that it was in our hometown and we had a fun time at Mania. They, it was a card that was booked well, but like, you know, TV is boring as shit for WWE right now. Mm-hmm. There's just something to be excited about now, and I can't wait to yeah. see what uh, the future holds for for Cody and his and the boys of AEW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, you said it. Definitely refreshing. And ladies. Yeah, of course. But, dude, definitely refreshing, but also, like you said, very exciting because now we're excited to see what happens. That is a reason why we tune in every week, week after week, whether it be uh, WWE TV or just going online and reading Wrestling Observer, listening to podcasts to hear the newest updates. We want to see what's going to happen. That's what I love about wrestling, man. It's all about the journey, not the destination because it's never going to end. It's always about the journey of the promotions, and now that we've, now that we've had, I I could say the opportunity to break that fourth wall over all these years and actually start seeing more behind the scenes. You know, it all started with the curtain call, and ever since then, I feel like a lot of us, the marks, whatever the hell you want to call us, wrestling fans, are just that much more invested because now we feel like we have that connection with a lot of our favorite wrestlers because we've gotten to see them outside of the ring we got to see the person behind the character and i think a lot of us that are smart and understand what we're watching appreciates you know the the sport more the entertainment more we we appreciate it more you know 
That's why yes. I, that's why I love what we do because we get to talk about why we love wrestling every single week. I mean, yeah, okay, we may bash on this and talk about say how bad that was, but at the end of the day, we still do this because we're still passionate about wrestling. We love wrestling. And we know that there are millions and millions of wrestling fans, not the Rocks fans, but of wrestling fans and fourth wall fans that want to listen to our show every week and watch wrestling every week and enjoy to have that conversation about it with fellow fans. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. I agree. So with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So if this is your first time tuning in, I am Jason. Way to be wrong, by the way. It's your first time tuning in. Way to be wrong about everything. Oh, good point. Yeah. Yeah, You haven't tuned in yet. What the hell are you waiting for? Yeah, if you were right, then join no, the fam. Kidding. I love all. I love you all, fam. Join the Kinda. fam. You can hear no, us right here every week, exclusively on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. But once again, I am your host, JC Bones. Please give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JC Bones. That's Bones with the Z. And I am your good doctor, Doc Haas. And you can follow me on the Twitter machine at. D-R-H-A-A-S-E number four W-C and you can follow me on the Instagram at D-R-H-A-A-S-E but no number four W-C that's my artistic account because you have to be difficult you can't just keep them the same right oh that's not what I do <laughs> anyway, shroud of so mystery dude shroud of mystery always all right, man. So that anyway, that makes us the fourth wall wrestlecast. If you've enjoyed the fourth wall experience, once again, please show your support by following us on all social media: Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Fourth Wallcast. Go to represent.com and buy your fresh fourth wall merch. Represent.com/slash Wrestle Addict Radio and check and join the fan by being the brand and supporting the brand each and every day. Last but not least. Join the fam at patreon.com slash fourth wall wrestlecast. One dollar a month gets you exclusive access to the fourth wall Patreon chat. Three dollars gets you exclusive audio content. Five and ten dollars gets you all of that and so much more. Patreon.com slash fourth wall wrestlecast. Please be sure to tell all your friends to like, share, subscribe, and join our Patreon and help this thing grow and grow and continue. To be the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the Fourth Wall Wrestlecast. And thank you for keeping wrestling real. Goodbye and good night. Glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur. Glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur. Glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur. The Spurs go marching on. We're gonna win the Champions League tomorrow. Fuck Liverpool, fuck Liverpool. Glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur. The Spurs go marching on. Kick ass, boys, tomorrow.
again next week. Same place, same bat channel, same bat time. Are we still recording this? Yeah. Are we done? We're still recording? Yeah. Always. Oh, Tottenham. We're always recording. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Later, man. <laughs> <laughs>